Hello, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 68, I am talking all about introductory vocal classes. These are fun and educational small group classes for young singing students. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hello, friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. It's so good to talk to you today. I am really excited. I uh, have so many wonderful things to tell you about my introductory vocal classes. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is that my students have renamed this. It's Introductory Vocal Class is actually a boring name, according to my students, and they have renamed it Singing Club, which is fine with me. And they have even decided that there needs to be a secret password that uh, I give them at the end of the class <laughs> that they have to say to me. I never remember what the password is, but they do. Anyhow, I'm having so much fun with these young singers. And I want to share with you um, how you can have some fun. If, if this is something that you're interested in, I'm going to talk about some of the logistics. I'm going to talk about some of the resources that have been just phenomenal. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the fun that we have, some of the games, the activities that we do. Now, before I get started, though, I just wanted to uh, say that if you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it is January 2019. And I am in Canada, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and it is gold. And we are supposed to get a whole bunch of snow this weekend, which is absolutely terrifying because my recital, my winter recital is this weekend and I have been working hard. My kids have been working hard. All their songs sound so good. And I also have a band. My kids get to play with a four-piece band. <laughs> so I want everybody to close their eyes and send some good energy and make the snow go away. So, because I really don't want to reschedule this. Um, so, yes, crushing your fingers there. I also want to take a moment to introduce a new feature that I'm really excited about for our podcasts. So we are, this episode has the first edition of the My Music Staff Minute. So uh, My Music Staff, if you don't know, is an amazing online platform for private teachers. It is a scheduler, a calendar, an invoicing system. I do not know what I would do without my music staff. Now, uh, back in um, podcast number 56, I actually went to the my music staff office and I had an amazing fun time, got a tour, uh, met all the staff, and I sat down with Dan and Dasha from my music staff and we did a, a wonderful interview about how they got started and how they really want to help private music teachers. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, Spoiler alert, Dan's wife is a voice teacher. And it was Dan's wife who said, managing all of the uh, business stuff in my studio is really a drag. And what can you do to help me? 
and he created my music staff. So, um, but anyhow, when I was at the offices, of course, as this always happens, after the interview, we talked forever. And one of the things that my music staff is truly 100% uh, devoted to is to helping people run their business. So they had a lot of suggestions and a lot of um, ideas about how we can not only use my music staff, but just better business practices. So I asked them if they would be interested in partnering with me and providing my listeners with a little business tip. And they were very excited. They said, yes, I'm so excited. Um, So today on this podcast, you will hear the My Music Staff Minute, which will feature a business tip for you, the private music teacher in the trenches. So thanks to Dan, Dasha, and all the team at My Music Staff for partnering with me and helping the private music teacher. So excited. Now, moving into our uh, conversation today, our topic today is introductory vocal classes or singing club. Now, in podcast number 42, uh, last year, a while back, I did do a podcast all about small group classes. Those of you working as private teachers know that when we serve one-on-one, when we uh, are only serving one student at a time, our income is capped and uh, you there is a ceiling for which you can no longer charge any more money. And um, otherwise, you price yourself out of your ideal client's price range. Um, Small group classes are an amazing way for private teachers to uh, offer unique services within their community, but also make more money. Over the years, I have taught theory classes, which I loved. I love teaching theory. I've done jazz ensemble classes. I've done harmony classes. I did a little karaoke party class with some of my adults. Um, I've done musical theater stuff. There's so many different small group classes that a private teacher, if you have the aptitude and the space and logistics to do it, it can be an amazing service that you provide and it can bring in more income into your teaching studio. So if uh, introductory vocal classes are not your cup of tea, check out podcast 42 small group classes because we had so many different ideas. There's lots of great things that we can offer our students. But today we are talking about our young singers, well, something that obviously I am crazy passionate about. I love working with the kiddos. I love working with beginners. I love helping them discover their voice and explore music in fun ways. And um, a couple of years ago, I uh, started doing um, these small group classes for uh, singers ages six to eight. Now, I had done these classes many years ago, almost 12 years ago when we started doing the research for the full voice uh, workbooks. But it's something that um, I stopped doing for a while. I'm not even sure why, but I'm so glad that I've reintroduced them. I am having so much fun. And I have wonderful kiddos in my class and they are having so much fun. And if you follow me on Instagram at the full voice, you can see pictures of me having fun with my kiddos. Um, now, 
one of the reasons that I highly recommend introductory vocal classes for teachers out there that do enjoy working with young singers and do enjoy working with families. There are benefits for teachers, for students, and for the families. Now, for teachers, I've already dis- discussed um, the the monetary benefits. Teaching more than one student at a time is definitely a financial plus. Um, but uh, the other thing that's really fantastic, when we have small groups, um, it's a great way um, to transition students from the small group into private lessons. In fact, since I've started my small group classes, I've had a couple of students that have uh, been very, very interested and have moved out of my group classes into private lessons. And it, it was a perfect fit. Um, they The parents knew me really well. I knew the family really well. I knew the abilities of the students. She had an amazing time in the class, but they were looking for more um, uh, more opportunities for her. So when you have small group classes, it can really help to maintain a healthy studio. You will always have uh, an incoming new student. So when a private spot opens up, perhaps somebody from your class is ready to take that spot. Now, The other thing for teachers is that classes offer a unique teaching opportunity. It's different. It's a different energy. You do different activities. Um, Singing games take on a totally new energy when you have kiddos, when more than one kiddo in the class. Um, And that can be a nice break in your teaching day. It's a different energy. It's a different feel. I'm not going to say that it can't be exhausting. Sometimes the classes get a little rangy. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but I love I love switching it up like that. I think it, it's a great break for me. And teaching a group requires different skills, different classroom management skills that you don't really need when you're dealing with one-on-one. Now, for your students, students. Oh my goodness. Um, Small group classes are a wonderful introduction for kiddos wanting to learn about the voice, but might not quite be ready for uh, the private lesson. And my introductory vocal classes are very much a general music class with the focus being on the voice. So we play more singing games. We focus on learning songs and singing songs, but we are still doing a lot of foundational music activities. And this is a great introduction for a lot of kids. Um, Social learning for some children is just a better fit. There are kiddos that will not appreciate the one-on-one, at least not yet. And for kids that have anxiety or for kids that are really shy or for kids who are just really nervous about singing in front of other people, the small group class is sometimes a better fit. Um, I have quite a few kids in my class who are shy, who would not 
uh, be interested in joining the choir at school uh, or singing for anybody for that matter. But with their friends in a small group, they find the confidence and they're supported by their peers, which is really important. In a small group class, I can still nurture voices. I can still, um, I can still make corrections and encourage healthier singing uh, with a small group. So that's that's another bonus for the teachers. Um, now the other thing for families, um, small group classes are a great way for families to be introduced to singing lessons and to your teaching studio without the cost and commitment of private lessons. I know that you know that there is nothing worse than getting started with a family to find out that it's not a good fit. And now you have to replace uh, an opening with another person. Um, so if they've, if they've enjoyed the small group class, again, you can transition them into a private student. And this is a great way for families to try it out and to have confidence in enrolling their students in the private lessons. Now, I do want to talk about, and I did talk a little bit about this in podcast um, uh, 42 about the small group classes. There are some logistics that you cannot ignore that you have to think about. I know you you don't just get excited because you could make more money. Um, First of all, when you are dealing with a group of people, you have to get a group of people, parents, siblings, sometimes puppies. I've had so many puppies come to my studio the last couple of weeks. It's been so fantastic. Um, But you have to think of the logistics of getting people in and out of your teaching studio safely. So do you have enough parking for a a few cars, depending on how many people you want in your class? Um, Can you get people in and out quickly and quietly? Um, Will you have an area for people to wait? And that could include siblings, younger or older siblings. That can be problematic, um, especially if you're teaching out of your home. And, you know, I, I appreciate that um, sometimes we don't have the space for this. And sometimes when parents come in with siblings, it can be very, very frustrating, very difficult. Um it's, it, we do have to think about these things when we are making these offers. Now, I'm very fortunate. My teaching studio is in a beautiful church. Now, we do only have a small parking lot, but there is plenty of street parking. Uh, I do worry about the kids, you know, walking across the streets. I mean, obviously with their parents. Many of my parents are walking distance from the church, which makes it very convenient. And um, I do have a small way room, a comfy little waiting room just down the hall from my teaching studio. So some parents choose to drop the kids off and then they come back, but some parents don't have that uh, luxury. They have to stay and wait. So I'm really fortunate with that. I do have the space. Please be sure to think of the logistics of getting people in and out, especially safe, safely. Um, that being said, uh, I highly recommend no matter where you are teaching, 
teaching that you do have liability insurance for your teaching studio, whether it's at your home or whether you are in a professional building, you need to protect yourself. If somebody slips and falls, um, if uh, if somebody gets hurt, you could be in so much hot water and have so much stress. Be be very sure. Now, uh, liability insurance varies from uh, province to province or state to state, so Canada, U.S. Um, here in Canada, in Ontario, if you are a registered music teacher, liability is included in your fees to the Ontario Registered Music Teachers Association. And I know that that goes across Canada. You do need to research liability for your area, but please make sure that you are protected. And of course, you're protecting the people that um, come to your property. So be be very, very mindful of that. So those logistics, do not ignore them. So important. Uh, even with the parking lot, even with the space, it's a little bit of chaos when the kids come in and the kids come out. Um <laughs> When they, uh, when they're leaving their their vocal class, there's actually another church service running downstairs, and I always remind them to be quiet, but that rarely happens. So, anyhow, um, so I want to talk, and I want to move into um, my introductory vocal classes and some of the fun games and activities and and just great things that we're doing with the kids, um, and I can guarantee that. All of these activities have been kid and teacher tested. Uh, my kids will request the activities that they want to do. And sometimes I'll ask different people, okay, well, today, Caitlin is going to choose our first activity. And that's a really great way to get the kids involved. So my introductory vocal classes, Singing Club, is 55 minutes long. I leave five minutes at the end of the class to get everybody packed up, their boots on, their coats on, and out the door so that I am not running late for my private student that comes after the class. So make sure if you are doing classes and getting people in and out, make sure that you leave a little bit of time. Do not do not go right into another lesson. You will never run on time. So that five minute little uh, little break gets them dressed and out the door. Um, so uh, they're 55 minutes long. And within a 55 minute lesson, we are uh, obviously discovering the voice. So we have tons of different singing games, um, vocal exploration games. I use all sorts of props and, and fun things. I'm going to talk about that. We do ear training, rhythm reading. Um, we learn the language of music. And of course, we have fun singing some songs. So I want to start off with um, some of the, the games that I love. Now, I've mentioned some of these games before in other podcasts, the Vocal Exploration Podcast, so much fun. Um, so with the introductory vocal classes, uh, I want to... I want to just put this out there. Um, some of my kiddos, when they come to the vocal class, they are new to singing. So I have kids that struggle with pitch. I have a lot of little kiddos that are are really struggling to explore the head voice. So we do a lot 
of games and activities to just let them explore the amazing voice that they have. So we do, um, well, the, the one that I love and the kids love, it's called, well, they call it vocal roller coasters. I call them vocal expression lines. Um, you may have seen my Facebook Live on it. So vocal expression line, for those of you who are wondering what it is, is I have a whiteboard. I take a marker, I draw a curvy line on the whiteboard, and then we have fun singing it. We can use any vowel, any sound. They can start on any pitch. If the line curves up, they'll sing higher. When the line goes down, they sing lower. If the line is wiggly, we make wiggly sounds. If the line is dotted, we'll do staccato sounds. This type of vocal exploration is absolutely a blast and the kids love it. And vocal exploration or sorry, vocal roller coasters are pretty much requested each and every week. A fantastic way to warm up the voice. And I give the kids turns. They each get to draw their own vocal roller coaster. And then the kids, we will all take turns singing it and then drawing their own. So much fun. Great warm up. Now we're using a lot of solfege, uh, tonic solfa. So we do a lot of uh, do re mis. I have a huge uh, tonic solfa wall in my teaching studio. That's a really busy learning station in my studio. So we'll play games where we sing and sign. We'll do little patterns. I love the game follow the hand. We always start on do and then they have to sing and I might repeat notes. I might go up, I might go down. That is an introduction to reading music, but I don't tell them that. Well, just call it a game. Um, that's a really fun one, though. I also have mini tonic sofa flashcards. So sometimes I get the kids to write melodies. So I call it so, um, tonic sofa songwriter. So I have a huge pile of tonic sofa cards, and they can take turns writing a little song. And then the class and I, we take take turns singing the song. And that is also one of the highly recommended games. The kids really do like using the flashcards. So much fun. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey everyone, Melissa here. And today we're chatting about your competitive advantage. This is a unique value that you provide to your clients that can't be replicated by your competitors. What cool skill or service do you offer that makes your studio stand out above the rest? It's important to keep in mind that a competitive advantage must be difficult for others to duplicate. If it's easily copied, then it's not really considered a competitive advantage. Take Steinway as an example. They don't mass-produce their products on an automated assembly line like their competition. Steinway only offers an uncompromising product. Their pianos are handcrafted over a span of two years using only the best materials. Being assembled by hand, this makes each piano unique. With all of this considered, Steinway is able to present themselves as the best in the world and can charge a six-figure price tag for each piece. Take this as an opportunity to do some soul-searching. Think about what you are best at and why. What makes your studio or the lessons you offer so special, and why should this result in students picking you over the competition? Consider researching your competition. What kinds of lessons or programs do they offer, and what is their competitive advantage? Are there certain lessons or programs they offer that you don't? Focus on what students and families love about you and your studio and how they will benefit from lessons with you. So what's our special sauce? Well, we're the easiest way to automate and streamline all that unpainted min work you do. And you can actually start your own 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today and check it out for yourself. Visit us at mymusicstaff.com to get signed up today. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast. 
Now, um, the other thing that I I, uh, love to do and the kids love to do, and I want to shout out to Donna Rodenizer because she gave me this idea. So it's called uh, Miso Hilo. And um, you have the kids line up. So I have five kids in my class. And uh, so I have four of the kids line up and I'll be the fifth person in the line. And the instruction is simple. The kids get to choose whether they stay standing or they sit down. If you sit down, you are me. If you stay standing, you are so. And then one of the students has to sing down the line um, the pattern that the kids choose. And then after that person sings, I'll tell the kids to choose. Do they want to stay standing or do they want to stay sitting or they can switch? So each time there's a new melody based on so and me. And it's a lot of fun. Again, it's a physical activity. So if you've got kids that are really rambunctious, that's a great one to kind of keep them busy. So that's um, me so high low. And I want to shout out to Donna because she gave me that one. It's so much fun. Now, the other one that I've been doing in my one vocal class, we have been learning about and exploring triads. So I have one student sit on the floor one student sit on a chair and one student stands. So there's my triad, do, me, so. Then I stand behind the kids and the other kids um, are singing. So, and then I point to either the, the kid that's sitting down or the kid that's on the chair or the singer that's standing up. And then I make up little patterns using do, me, and so. And again, the kids really like that. They get a chance to be do, they get a chance to be so. The other, and there's so many variations of that game. Sometimes I'll ask the kids to sing their note. So if you're do, you have to remember what do is. And if you're me, you have to remember what me is. That one's a little trickier, but the kids are actually getting really good at it. So that's a, a triad game. So one kid, one of your students sits on the ground, one of them sits on a chair, one of them stands so they can see the different heights. And then you can play all sorts of triad games with that. Now, a lot of copycat games are so much fun. So often I'll start the class by um, clapping a rhythm and having the kids clap it back. I do have a box of percussion instruments, which the kids adore. So sometimes the rhythm copycat can be done with percussion instruments. And I like to encourage and empower my students by making one of the students the leader. So they have to give, uh, they have to tap or clap or drum a rhythm, and then the rest of us have to tap, drum, clap, pat, it back to them. And that that is very challenging, um, but you start to see how creative the kids can be. Um, we do ear training games. M- uh, one of my favorites right now that the kids really like is, again, you need to have some chairs. So when I play a major chord, they have to stand up. And when I play a minor chord, they have to sit down. And sometimes I just go really fast, major, minor, major, minor, major, minor, just so they stand up, sit down as fast as they can. Really more for my entertainment, but you know, you have to, you have to have some fun. Um, Then when they get good at the major and minor, I'll add in diminished chords, which are scary. So they have to gently put their eyes or their hands over their eyes. Um, And then I'd also like to put in the dominant seven, and then they have to do jazz hands 
for the dominant seven. You would be uh, amazed how quickly they start to identify the different sounds. So that is a fun game, a listening game. The other one that I have been doing, which has been very challenging for some of my students, is a singing copycat game but there's a bit of a timing thing that I do. So um, this is about internalizing sound. So I will play a note on the piano and I will hold it. And then I will wait two or three seconds and then I ask them to sing it back to me. So I'm asking them to listen to the sound and keep the sound in their head before they sing it. Now that's pretty challenging, but they are getting better at that. Um, And I start with, no pause, obviously. So I'll start, I'll play a note, and then I'll have them sing it. And when they get good at that, then I play a note, and I make them wait, and then I point, and then they can sing it. Then I go to two notes, then I'll go to three notes. So again, a lot of the singing and listening games are really, really effective. Now, one of the things that I will say is I do most of these games without uh, accompanying the kids. I really encourage Uh, singers of all ages to sing unaccompanied as much as possible. I I truly believe that this is one of the steps we have to take to really allow our students to make peace with their voice, to get used to making a mistake or just get used to the sound of their voice. I know when I play the piano, a lot of my students will hide. And um, I don't want them to hide. I want them to have fun. I want them to sing out. I want them to really love their voices. That's one of my goals. So those are some of the games that uh, I love to play. And depending on the mood of the kids, if like I'll do more movement-related games, um, tapping and clapping and moving. If they're really really rambunctious, um, if they're if they're more tired or uh, if, if I have some kids that maybe, you know, have been had a colds or coughs or voices are tired, then we'll do more ear training games or we'll do more of the full voice book activities. Now for my introductory vocal classes, and I'm working with kids that are six to eight, I use the introductory level full voice workbooks. So all of the kids in the classes are working out of a workbook. Now I use the workbooks at the beginning of the class, as students are arriving, the kids grab their books and they can either complete work that they didn't get done or we can go over some of the work. I usually like to um, introduce new concepts that are in the full voice workbook. Now, for those of you who are familiar with our workbooks, the workbooks are divided into little sections. So one lesson is a two-page spread, and within one lesson, there will be a singing exercise, a listening exercise, a writing exercise. There's, it's all broken down into small, easy-to-complete activities. I don't necessarily complete one full, full voice lesson in a class. We might just learn about quarter notes and then the activities and games that we do will focus on quarter notes. Um, Within an eight week class schedule, I usually get through uh, five lessons in the full voice workbook. There is no rush 
to complete a lesson per class. That is not good lesson pacing. Um, I introduced the concepts in the full voice book, and then we might spend a couple of lessons exploring it. Singing quarter notes, clapping quarter notes, listening to quarter notes. So when we use the full voice workbooks, we're working small little sections. Um, the kids love to write in their books. And um, watching how your kids um, are writing and their writing skills is actually a really great thing for the teacher. That can tell us a lot about how quickly or not quickly we need to pro progress with our students. So we are dealing with students six to eight who are just learning to read and write. So the lesson pacing really needs to be to their level. Go slow, review, review, play a game, review some more, have fun with a whiteboard, take your time. We are not trying to push them through a curriculum. I do not recommend that. So now, um, one of the things that uh, I love in my small group class is how we explore songs. So I like to explore songs from all different genres. Now, last year with my group, we did the Beatles' Yellow Submarine, and we also did folk song Lavender's Blue. Now, with the young singers, um, what I like to do is I like to print up the lyrics first, and I like to explore the story and the text, the words. We forget it's so easy to forget. Reading comprehension is a thing. Um, and the way that songs are written, poetry, the words that are used within a song, quite often are not understood. In fact, many of my teenagers, if I, if I interrogate them about words that they're singing, quite often it becomes obvious that they don't really understand the song. So I like to spend a lot of time um, helping my students with that. And that is also a tip that uh, Donna Rodenizer shares in her resources. Talk about the story first. Pique their interest. Let them know what this story is about and you will have students that are far more engaged. Um, so when we were learning Yellow Submarine, we talked a lot. First of all, we read through we read through the lyrics and then we, t then we had conversations like, what do you think it would be like to live on a submarine? I have to tell you, and I know you know this, kids come up with the best ideas. I always laugh. There's always laughter and fun. Um, so when we were talking about Yellow Submarine, you know, what would it be like to live in a Yellow Submarine? I, a couple of girls were like, I'm pretty sure it would be smelly. Because, you know, people would do things in the submarine and the air wouldn't be able to get out. So you'll have some fun conversations that will pop up from time to time. Um, when we started Lavender's Blue, we had a big conversation about what is a folk song. 
what what is a folk song? And it was a it was a real kind of like light bulb moment for a lot of the kids because some of them realized that they already knew folk songs um, from other countries. So it was really interesting. And talking about um, Lavender's Blue talks a lot about well, it's an English folk song. So um, working in the fields, um, and there's some lines in there that are kind of interesting for kids. So um, one to the plow and one to the fork. So had to explain that one. Um, Kids were pretty sure that it was talking about a fork that you use to eat. Anyhow, uh, so have some fun. Explore the text. I like to give the kids colored pens, um, not markers. Uh, Don't do markers, pens, (laughs) Um, or colored pencils. And I get them to circle words. And we talk about those words. And one of the exercises that I do is we'll use a specific colored pen or pencil and we'll underline expressive words. And we'll talk about how we would sing that expressive word. Um, I ask for volunteers when I ask the kids who would like to read aloud. Again, some of your students are going to be strong readers and some of them will not. And again, we want to support each student where they are at and make them feel comfortable. So uh, I want to tell you a funny story about reading comprehension. So this uh, term, this semester, we are working on two Donna Rodenizer songs. Donna is, as many of you know, a brilliant composer. The kids love her songs. Parents love her songs. Um, And I actually, I'm going to brag a little bit. I got to uh, hang out with Donna this, uh, just after Christmas this year. So Donna is from Nova Scotia and my sister just moved to Nova Scotia. We went out to visit and didn't my sister move down the road from Donna's mom. That's right. My sister lives walking distance from Donna's mom's house. So Donna and I got together over the holidays. We had a great time. We got to sing together. It was so much fun. Uh, So shout out to Donna. Um, But we're working on I Need a Home for My Dinosaur. So when I introduced that song, I started by giving the kids the lyric sheet and um, we read the chorus aloud. And then we talked about why do you think your mom wants to give the dinosaur away? So for those of you who don't know, I need a home for my dinosaur. The chorus is very fun. I need a home for my dinosaur. I need it right away. I need a home for my dinosaur. My mom wants to give him away. So the first question I always ask the kids is, why do you think the mom wants to give the dinosaur away? And the first response was, well, dinosaurs would have big poop. And that would leave a huge mess in the backyard, kind of like my dog. Anyhow, so um, you can have a lot of fun discussing the songs. So I taught the kids the chorus the first, and then we would read the verses aloud. We would talk about the challenges in the verse. We would talk about the expressive words. We would discover any words that the kids didn't know. And then we would learn to sing the melody. So um, there is so much fun that you can have. And 
like I said, understanding the text is something that even our older students, even some of our adults might not really truly have dived and explored the meaning behind the song. And I think that's one of the reasons why singers sometimes struggle with singing authentically and singing expressively is because they truly do not know what the song is about. And we can really help them with that. So um, one of the things that I love and I highly recommend for um, your vocal classes, if you're doing small group classes, is once you get to know your students, customize the songs that you choose for them. I chose I Need a Home for My Dinosaur because one of the students in the class, who is quite shy, um, always brought her dinosaur stuffy, who is that is her security friend. And I thought, what a great way to make her feel comfortable and to get her excited is to sing songs about dinosaurs. And I was right. Now, all the kids love the song, so it worked out really well. So when you are looking at your class, um, you can really um, find songs that are going to um, pique their interest, depending on the kids that you have. So a great opportunity that we have with small groups is that we can cater to the group that we have and really keep them interested. Um, so um, one of the things with my, um, with my group too is when the kids build their confidence, I will often ask who would like to sing a verse or a chorus by themselves. Now in the beginning, I only had maybe one student that was comfortable enough to do that. But I am so thrilled after, um, I guess we're going into our third session now. After three sessions, and my vocal classes run for eight weeks, so they run in eight-week sessions. I started off with six, but it was too short. Eight weeks work really well. Um, But now, every single one of my students will put up their hand. They have been encouraged and supported by the other kids in the class, and everybody feels comfortable to sing in front of everybody. It's so fantastic. Um, and uh, I love that. I'm, I'm just so proud of them. They've really come out of their shells. Now, one of the things I do work really hard to do, it does take a bit more of my time, is to communicate with the families. So I like to send at least bi-weekly updates. So at least twice a month, I like to send a, um, I, I always address it, hello, singing families. I um, send uh, emails to moms And to the dads, please don't leave dads out of your communication. That's kind of a default for a lot of us. And it was for me as well. But um, dads want to know and support their kids just as much as mom does. So make sure you send it to all the parents. um, Give them updates. um, Share the fun. Share the activities. Let them know what you're doing. Give them questions that they can ask the the kids. So so I heard you learned a song about a dinosaur today. Um, That's a really great way to get the parents um, to support the the kids and to support your teaching studio and of course in your emails talk about the kids successes talk about how they're building their confidence talk about how they're having fun share a funny story Parents love to get feedback about the progress that their children are making. And if you want to see kids stay in your teaching studio and in your classes, 
provide parents with updates on what you are doing. I also try to share pictures as well. Parents love that stuff. Um, I haven't done it recently, but I got to do it soon. I also would take videos of the kids singing and then I would share those only privately to the parents. That's a really great way to keep them involved. Now, I want to um, I want to talk about the freebies and the resources uh, that I love that have been so wonderful for running my classes. Um, first of all, if you haven't checked our free resources page on thefullvoice.com, please do so. Every month we put out fun, new games, activities, warm-ups for young singers. There's lots of great stuff and I use a lot of those resources and quite frankly, I have tested those resources before I release them with my students. So they are definitely kid and teacher tested. So the free resources on the Full Voice, uh, um, on the Full Voice website are there for you. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Please print them up and use them. And um, uh, every Friday, the last Friday of every month, we release a new freebie. So make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you get first, uh, first dibs at the freebies. So for my um, introductory vocal classes, I am using the introductory level full voice workbook. And my fees that I charge the families, it does include the workbook. And we work out of that each and every week. Now, if you're not familiar with the full voice resources, you can download free samples off of our website. We have the 2019 teacher sample download. It has three lessons, complete lessons, plus the table of contents from our workbooks. You can print those out and try them with some of your students to see if it's a good fit and that we hope that you will do that. Um, my other go-to, yeah, I can't keep it a secret anymore, um, Donna Rodenizer has just released her new website, Elementary Music with Donna Rodenizer. You can also connect with her on Facebook. Donna has decades of experience working with students of all ages. And there's some amazing videos uh, of her doing her fun games and singing and all sorts of great stuff with the kids. It's so, so much fun. Um, so, and please sign up for Donna's newsletter, like her Facebook page. She is sharing great teaching strategies. So much great stuff. So please check that out. The other website that I really enjoy that I get a lot of folk songs off of and a lot of game ideas is bethsmusicnotes.com. Uh, great website, very well organized. Again, so much material. So make sure you've got some time to search through that website. Really great stuff. Um, now for those of you who need a little bit more of a step-by-step. -step. In the Full Voice Teacher Guide, which is available worldwide on Amazon, we actually have an eight-week sample outline of the introductory vocal class. Now, this is a general outline of how I structure eight weeks of lessons, which, of course, you would put your own magic into and your own preferences and, of course, cater to the kids that you have in your teaching studio. We have song lists, we have um, game activities, folk song ideas, lots of great ideas to get you started and on your way. So if you haven't checked out the Full Voice Teacher Guide, please do so. Ah, okay, my friends. 
we have come to the end of this podcast. I hope, I really hope if you are interested in working with young singers, a introductory vocal class or singing club might be something that you can offer in your teaching studio. It is the highlight of my week. I have so much fun. And you know what? My kiddos, they teach me so much. As always, If you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a review and a rating on iTunes. And most importantly, don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends, share our links on your social media channels, and um, drop me a line. Let me know what uh, what, uh, episodes you're enjoying. And if maybe you have an idea for a podcast or a guest you would like me to interview, just let me know. As always, I am wishing you no snow. Happy singing, inspired teaching, and a great day. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made my canoe music. Canoe music.ca.